0: So much for tuning in to the PHNX Coyotes podcast, brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a five-star review. I'm Leah Merrill here with Craig Morgan and Steve Peters, and we have brought in the other Peters today, Chris Peters, NHL draft and prospects analyst. Thank you so much for joining the PHNX Coyotes podcast. Welcome back.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. It's good to be with you.
2: We uh, A couple of quick observations here. First of all, you brought your hat A game, so thank you for yes. that. And also, Petey's drinking before noon. So. Yeah,
3: but it, I, I figured he's in a different time zone. It's noon where he is. It counts.
1: Okay. Yeah, 12.05. Yeah, 12.05 right now, so I, yeah, fine. go for it. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Perfect.
0: Well, we're, we have you here today, obviously, to talk about, you know, the Coyotes prospects, the World Juniors, here at PHNX Counties, we're always looking toward the future. So this is a really great... It's all we've got. This is, this is one we, we look forward to every few months um, to chat with you. So we're just diving right into it, you just returned from Halifax for the World Juniors. First of all, what was that like? We've heard amazing things about the tournament being set in Halifax and Moncton. What was just your experience like in Halifax last week?
1: Wow, it felt like a World Juniors again. It felt like what mm-hmm. it's supposed to seem like. You know, I mean... I've, it was definitely the best environment for the world juniors that I've, I've been able to cover live. I I used to cover it basically just off of my TV for a long time. And um, now I'm able to go and really we've had, you know, we had it in Vancouver where Canada got bounced. We had it in Buffalo where uh, it just did not resonate as much. The the weather was not cooperative except for the outdoor game. That was kind of fun. Um, You know, we had, the, the tournament in Edmonton in a bubble and then in last summer that was I mean maybe one of the worst World Juniors ever and then <laughs> uh, and then we come back to this and not only was it an amazing environment for the tournament we're talking about buildings that were you know 10,000 spectators or less so that allowed you know for those buildings to be full and there to be a, a atmosphere and also all of this you know, just just tremendous kind of uh, exuberance for hockey and for this tournament in a junior city, um, and almost like a like like we're we have the World Juniors, so we have to show the world that we're just going to go all out. And, and I think that Moncton and Halifax did, even in Moncton, where Canada was not playing. Moncton was was bouncing um, every every game U.S. played was a road game uh, and uh, they they were always uh, the crowd was always against them and it creates a great <laughs> environment. It, it makes it it makes it a lot of fun. Like basically, you know, Finland has probably never had the the, the level of support that they've had uh, at this tournament on Canadian soil uh, when they did against the, the U.S. And then um, but beyond that too I mean the hockey was incredible we had great games we had a competitive tournament not a single team went undefeated we had overtime in both medal games we had overtime in one of the two semifinals um the couple of the quarterfinals went to ot just unbelievable world juniors top to bottom and uh, it was great to be there and, and experience
2: go ahead yeah I, I I wanted to ask you this I'm, I'm going to throw this out as a hypothetical I've actually had people suggest, that Halifax could have an NHL team. <laughs> I don't know about that. It, it, that's a tough market. It's a small market, but they certainly love their hockey and they were hungry for hockey. Did you did you sense that? Just that there was just insane passion for hockey there.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I I think that you know, there was, there was buzz in the city in both Moncton and, and Halifax. And certainly, you know, the, the Moncton owners is probably one of the richest owners in junior hockey. And I'm sure he could afford an NHL team if he wanted to um, his name is all over the Maritimes, but um, yeah. you know, you can, uh, you can certainly see the, the passion for the sport. Now, you know, those are markets that certainly are not, you know, major league markets in terms of population and, It's not, (coughs) excuse me. It's not the easiest place to get to either. (laughs) No as I found out um, <laughs> on the way there. Uh, but well, it really, is, no place is easy to get to these days. I mean, Chris but, but <laughs> both. Yeah, yeah. But the Canadian Maritimes as a whole, I mean, just what a beautiful mm-hmm. place in general. Um, and Halifax is a really cool city. I really like Moncton as well. Um, and I had never been to Halifax. I'd actually been to Moncton, oddly enough. Um, but I'd never been to Halifax. And so it was a great experience. I didn't have a ton of time to like go out and experience the city. Uh, but, you know, did have one night where I could uh, experience a little bit of the nightlife and maybe experienced it a little too much that particular <laughs> night. But it was uh it was a really great um great city and just yeah, I, I think the people were just so happy and excited and you know the people that I met there just really nice and and cool and um really did not like anybody that wasn't Canada. Um <laughs> In those games, <laughs> I think they even booed the Czech goalie when he got up after being injured. That was kind of fun. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. Which is which is which that is not good. which is not typical of that of that area. But I think <laughs> the passion for the for the for the game was that, uh, that that's significant. But it was uh yeah, it was a it was a wild experience. And I, I, I really was glad to have had it.
2: All right. We're going to get to the other prospects in just a minute, including that guy that scouts and GMs are drooling over. Um, But let's talk Coyote's prospects for a moment. And let's start with the two guys who made a lot of noise in this tournament. Your impressions of Logan Cooley and Dylan Gunther, who, of course, scored the golden goal.
1: Yeah, well, let's start with Gunther just because, I mean, he had the the signature moment and just like looked almost bewildered by the fact that the game was over, um, which was amazing. It's just like... Did that just happen? Okay, cool. We won. Um, that was, that was great. Um, I, I think what we saw from, from Gunther and uh, over the course of the tournament, certainly a very good score, um, a power play weapon, you know, scored both the first and the last goal of the gold medal game. Um, I think we saw kind of a lot of the things that whenever I've seen Dylan Gunther in these high level events, um, he's often you know the the primary finisher you know he's a guy that finishes plays he's not necessarily the guy that drives play and i think as a winger you don't necessarily have to be that if you can be a high end finisher you really don't have to be that and i think that's what he was in the in the tournament and and ultimately what you saw at the world juniors is what you hope he becomes as an nhl player um and, and that's a guy that is a top 6 scorer that will produce, that will give you really good um, overall shifts and and be an impactful player in all zones and and particularly in the offensive half of the ice. So, so that was evident throughout the, the tournament. I don't necessarily think that we saw a player that was dominant, but we did see a player that was um, at the top tier of that tournament, you know, among the top tier players. Um, and then to switch gears to Logan Cooley, 14 points in the tournament, six most ever by an American at the world juniors. Um, and, you know, really he, he had an interesting tournament because there were games where he, you know, he produced every single game, he had points in every single game, but there were also times where he just kind of faded out of the game and you didn't see him as much. And that was surprising to me because I've not seen that from him very often. Um, I think some of the defensive elements of the game still need work for him. And he also needs to pick his spots better in terms of, how aggressive he is sometimes i mean he wants to carry the puck into the zone all the time he wants to go one on five that's not going to work at the nhl level it certainly didn't work at the world junior level but when he was playing you know as rand pecknell would say when we were playing honest and we were playing the right way he was one of the best players on the ice his speed is dynamic his skills are dynamic he's his vision is insane Um, he just needs to, he has so much confidence in what he can do with the puck that he sometimes puts himself into bad positions and makes bad decisions. And is just, it, it, it was funny because both he and Luke Hughes are the same way in that where they're like, I want the puck. I will do whatever I want with it. And you can't stop me. Unfortunately, they're not quite at the level where you can't stop me yet, but they are, they at least are. You know they they they're they're close, (laughs) so that's not. I don't I don't begrudge them for um, having that level of confidence with the puck, but you know I think that what what we saw from Logan Cooley was a continuation and maybe even an acceleration of what we've seen from him at the collegiate level so far. Um, And so I think he is a special player. Um, You know we look at the last year's draft class and. Who's number one from that class you there's a there's a debate. I mean, obviously, I had Logan Cooley as my number one guy last year. So I'm partial to him. But at the same time, you know, like there's a there's a fairly valid argument that he's been one of the best players from that draft class so far in the very early stage. And he certainly outplayed Shane Wright in that tournament in my in my opinion. So there are all those different kind of debate points that we can have about these players. But I think Logan Cooley had a world juniors that was special um and and even though there were moments where he faded or where he wasn't as impactful without him that u.s team doesn't meddle um at all i mean it doesn't come close they were not a they were not a great team but they had a really good first line they had a decent first you know first pairing defense and then they had goaltending when they needed it and you know i think logan cooley was a massive driver he was a tournament all-star and one of usa's best three players is named by the team. So I think that says a lot about what he did at this tournament.
2: Okay. Let's look at the other three coyotes prospects. I'm not sure how many impressions you were able to draw. I know there's a lot to watch, right? You can't focus on every yeah. player, but any thoughts at all on Sam Lipkin, Julian Lutz or Adam linka?
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, we're talking about guys. Well, in Lutz's case, he's, he's, he's a, he was a higher draft pick. Um, it was really tough for Germany to do anything. I only got one live viewing of them at the at the actual tournament. Um, that was against the U.S., and they barely touched the puck. So it was really hard to get an, in, an impression. But I do think that he's a guy that continues to push his development. He is a long-term prospect. He is a, he, There's a rawness to him. There's a skill level to him. I really like the player quite a bit. I think that he's going to be a, a good player. He's kind of... He's not of that top tier next wave of German hockey, but he's in that he's part of that. You know, he's part of that next wave. Um, so, you know, when we see world championships and Olympics down the line, he's going to be a, more than likely going to be a part of that group um, going forward. Uh, as far as uh, Adam Zinka, Zinka and uh, and Sam Lipkin. So Sam Lipkin was basically the 13th forward for Team yeah. USA, played on the PK, Um I thought at five on five, he was okay. Not great. Um, PK, he did well. He played a role. He had, you know, basically his role was to be a good soldier and to understand that he was not going to play a ton of minutes. And he did that. Um, I think what he's shown at, at the collegiate level this season is is very good. Um, I think that what he was at the end at the, at the world juniors is much more in line with his long-term projection, bottom of the lineup kind of player that maybe will help you with some scoring depth and can do a couple of things. Um, so a longer term prospect again with him, and then also Adams Zlinka, same thing. I thought he played very well actually. I liked him in this tournament in in a in a lower lineup role as a guy that you know a, at times had to you know produce a little bit and had had uh, you know not necessarily points, but just you know be, having productive shifts where he's you know challenging the other team. And I think he's done really well at the USHL level. He's another guy where it's going to be years. It's going to be a long time before you ever see him. But that's okay with where he was drafted and what ultimately the expectation is going to be for him. Um, Take your time. Let him develop. Let him go to college. Let him experience a lot of different things. The fact that he was on that Slovakia team, the fact that Slovakia team was a goal away from beating Canada in the quarterfinals, you know they don't do that without good depth, and I think that that's what Zlinka was. He was good depth for that team. They couldn't have it couldn't have been a one line team and had the success that they had. They also had great goaltending, but I mean I, I'd say that that was you look at that tournament for the Coyotes prospects as a whole, and you you see nothing but. You know a success story for that group of players mm-hmm. and, and it just tells you more about where they're going not necessarily where they are right now but you know where they're going and the three guys that were kind of at the bottom of the you know not the Gunther and and Cooley guys they are on their way so you know just they're gonna just take a long time so you know don't uh, don't start penciling them in your projected rosters for a while Chris
3: all eyes in the hockey world were on one player coming into this tournament. And that was team Canada's Connor Bedard. Um, they wanted to see how he would perform on this worldwide stage. My question to you is one, did he live up to the hype? And two, how does he compare to the all time greats in this tournament?
1: Well, did he live up to the hype? Um, we, could, we couldn't set a bar high enough for it. <laughs> um, there was not a bar. I mean, 23 points. Let's just put this into context here. 23 points in seven games. Didn't score in the gold medal game. Uh, so 23 points in six games. Um, and I'll tell you. so So 23 points, it's the fourth highest total by a player ever. And he did it at 17 years old, highest scoring. You know, you guys already know all the records. If you were following the tournament, you know, all the records that he set. you know, big, best tournament by a Canadian in history, highest goals, best career scoring, even though they're counting that canceled world juniors, which is bizarre to me. But at the same time, I saw what he did there too. And I, I, it, that was amazing as well when he was, you know, 15 or 16 or whatever. Um, and so, What we're seeing from him is uh, a genius level hockey player that is uh, a generational goal scorer who um, did everything that you could possibly want him to do in this tournament that uh for even off the puck i thought he was good off the puck he was he was he was battling for for loose pucks he was trying to engage physically he's gotten a lot stronger in the last year plus you know a lot of people have talked about how much his lower body has you know just developed in the last couple of years and it's allowed him to play more effectively because he's not a big guy and he won't be a big guy he's not going to get a ton bigger than he is right now um the one thing that i will say is that you know i think that there is a a a Growing consensus that he's probably not gonna be a center at the NHL, not I shouldn't say growing consensus. There is at least the conversation starting that maybe he's not a center at the NHL level. And whether or not that impacts where he's drafted, I mean, who cares that Alex Ovechkin's not a center? I mean, like that's is he gonna impact the game? like he did at the world juniors. And I think the odds are that he will absolutely do that. Um, He will, he will be a a, a significant player now in terms of where he ranks among the all-time greats in this tournament, you do have to take into account that they played Austria and Germany and he had 13 points over those two games (laughs) still that leaves, you know, 10 more points out there that he had against everybody else. And, if it was so easy to score 23 points we would have seen it many times over uh but we don't and that's because it's really difficult to do what he d- did and even that german team you know they had some some real quality players um and and you know held sweden to a goal so it wasn't like it was a foregone conclusion that he was going to have seven points against germany so uh just a remarkable tournament overall one for the ages um and i think it's ended any and all debate about whether or not he's really going to get challenged for the first overall pick. Um, and I think it's also just continued to you know, fortify this belief that he is having one of the greatest junior hockey seasons we've ever seen. He came back from the world juniors and his first game had six points on a, on a Regina team. That is not good. If he's not there, they're not a playoff team. They're not even in the discussion for the playoffs. And He comes back and has six points. They scored six goals in that game. So he was in on all of them. They won six, two. So there's no, there's no drop off for him. There's never been a drop off for him. It's only been up, 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 up. And that's, we saw that again at this world juniors.
3: That is unbelievable to me. And I know that that's what we as, you know, talking about the coyotes and the coyotes fans, you keep hearing Connor Bedard. It's been years of Connor Bedard and he just does what he's expected to do. And it's the hype is real. Is he ready? Chris, I know I'm asking you for speculation in the NHL and putting it to an NHL game. You talk about his size and his points are astronomical. Is he ready? Is he ready for this and the speed of the National Hockey League? Is that jump that great or is he ready to play?
1: I mean, I think I think the, the way he thinks the game, he's ready. I think he thinks it at an NHL level. Um, the World Juniors to me is probably in terms of overall pace, probably the next closest thing to the NHL. Um, and he was ahead of the pace, not, not foot speed wise. He's not a, he's not a a, a burner. He is not a burner as a skater. Um, he is not, you know, a physical specimen by any means, but he is getting stronger. He's not afraid of anything. Um, and he has one of the best shots that you will ever see a player Of his age have you know I think Ovechkin Matthews those are the types of guys that we're talking about when we talk about that level of shot um so I think the the interesting thing is is that as we've seen over the last couple of years it has become very difficult for young players to come into the NHL and have an immediate impact I think that he'll be more in the mcdavid realm of readiness in terms of as soon as he's done he's coming in and he's making an impact pretty much immediately um i don't think that he's going to have a connor mcdavid level impact over the long term of his career because they're just different players but i do think that that first year because of his hockey intelligence because of the fact that he'll probably be you know we look at some of the teams that are in the range that could get him and there are players on those teams that can support him um as well. And so that's, you know, they're, at, they're these teams are at different stages in their rebuilds. And you say, okay, well, if it's Chicago, when, do they still have Patrick Kane? If it's Columbus, they'll have Johnny Goudreau. If it's, you know, if it's Arizona, it's, it's, you know, this young core, but they're, but they're still there's still something there where he doesn't have to be the guy immediately, you know, where it's a Clayton Keller or somebody else that can kind of carry the mail a little bit while he gets up to speed. So it's, it's going to be fascinating to watch that progression because he is not very big. He's not the fastest guy that will be a challenge for him. He's never really faced adversity in his career. Um, He's never not scored. And I think that that'll be the true test is what happens if, and when the goals stop for a little while. What else does he do? What else can he do? But I I think those are the growing pains that you're willing to live with because he is destroying the WHL right now. I mean, we're talking the highest point per game total in 30 years in that league. So, you know, that is what we're – and again, we're including the guys that were 20 when they were putting up 200 points (laughs) in the WHL. And he's 17 and won't turn 18 until July. Mm. I mean, that's so there, we, we we are running out of ways to explain what he's doing, <sighs> and that's that's why, yeah, you know, he's he's probably going to be there. We're
3: just sitting day. here counting lottery balls. We're bringing yeah. out our rabbits foot. Like Chris, this is it, and you just intensified that. Now we
1: there's we Arizona,
0: cheer for the Coyotes to lose because of <laughs> Connor yeah. The franchise I,
1: needs I, this. I'm telling you right now, like any team. That is towards the bottom of the league. If they are not trying to lose, they are screwing up massively. <laughs> like I mean, start trading anyone that helps you. <laughs> like Let's play this, this like clip
0: on our post game show when <laughs> yes. people in the comments are yeah. saying it's great. When it's they okay. win, it's okay. We're close. To yeah. no. I'm cutting that. No. I'm
1: cutting that, and I'm playing it every Trust time. Me, there, there are scouting directors out there, you know, because they don't have, they don't deal with the the current NHL roster that are silently fist pumping every time their team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that that right. time. Yeah.
0: Oh my gosh. Okay. Other than Bedard. And this is, we have to be a little bit realistic because there's a chance the coyotes don't draft number one overall. There's a very good chance. In fact, other yep. draft eligible, <laughs> <laughs> um, any other draft eligible players in this tournament or just, you know, in your periphery right now that jump out at you, um obviously, you know, we've talked about Fantilli and Carlson, but just maybe in the tournament, who jumped out at you other than Connor Bedard?
1: Yeah, I mean, well, you know, I think it's you got to talk about Fantilli and Carlson just because those are the guys that are kind of the consolation prizes, right? Um I think Adam Fantilli, he had a tough start to the tournament and then he had to rebuild a little bit. He had to get back to um uh, you know, kind of get the trust back of the coaching staff. The last two games he played in were the best two games he played at the World Juniors. So he had a goal against the U.S. that eventually was the game winner, had a tremendous, was great in the gold medal game. He was a two-way force. His speed, his strength, his competitiveness, his physicality. Like, if you are not going to get Connor Redard, you can still get a major franchise building block in Adam Fantilli. And what he's done at Michigan this year is kind of in that Jack Eichel range of of special of, of what they've done as, as a freshman. um, And so he had, you know, he got sick earlier in the year, then he had time away for the World Juniors, So he's gonna have to ramp back up here for Michigan. But if he keeps doing what he was doing, there's no question in my mind, he's number two with, a you know, lock it in now, because I think he has all of the tools to make himself a really good player. Leo Carlson has size, he has skill, he has intelligence. Um, And he's a competitor. And I think he's just a player that really knows what he needs to do and how he needs to do it. The one problem with him is he's not very fast. And so, you know, that lack of skating ability is the one concern that I have for him being able to stay at the pace of the NHL and have the same level of impact as what you would want out of a top five pick. But to me, he's he's ascended into that number three. Range. I think that he's surpassing Matt Vemichkov, um, just because of his size, his strength, his his how he uses his body and how he's able to create offense. That's he's got NHL tools in that regard. Um, in terms of other guys that jumped out, I mean, when you're looking kind of later in the first round, we're talking about guys like Charlie Stramel. Gavin Brindley, they were both solid for the U.S. Dal- Dalibor Dvorsky will be like a mid-first-round pick, was really good for Slovakia on both sides. Even though he didn't score a ton, we expect him to produce. He, he, he outproduced Mitch Cobb or had the same level of production as Mitch Cobb at his, his his Holinka Gretzky as an underager. And we were all like, oh, and and he hasn't really – that that offense hasn't necessarily continued. Um, but he's a really good player. Uh, Edward Shala, who played on the top line for Czechia as a, as a draft eligible, really liked that player. Good size, good competitiveness, highly intelligent. Um, those are good players. And then, you know, there were some goalies, too. You look at uh, Adam G- for for Slovakia, and he nearly beat Canada with 50-plus saves uh, against Canada. And that was a guy that nobody had on their radar. And suddenly it's like, is he a top-two-round pick? Like and he might be. Um, that's how that's how it can happen sometimes, because you look, go back and look at the rest of what is his body of work. And it's pretty darn good. And so you're like, oh, OK, well, this guy's actually pretty interesting. So top potential top two round pick as a goaltender out of nowhere. You look at Peter Koch, Kochetkov for Carolina right now. Same thing came out of nowhere. Massive world juniors. Top two round pick. NHL player within three years. So, you know, pretty, pretty solid uh, track record there. And maybe Guyon is in the same way, but that's, that's suddenly he's one of those guys that we're talking about. But, um, and then also Axel Sandin Pelika, who was the, he basically became Sweden's number one defenseman, wasn't going to be on that team, uh, but they had injuries. They bring him in as an underager, never played in the under 18 worlds as an underager, but plays in the world juniors as an underager, massive performance from him he was on their number one power play unit he did everything well at that tournament and now all of a sudden we're talking about him as a potential top 20 pick as well so those are the types of guys that you know you were able to see at the world juniors and and really you know get excited about
2: okay with with all that in mind chris and our viewers aren't going to want to hear this but if the coyotes do not draft in the top three what is that next group of players Who, who who's in the four to eight range That the coyotes are probably looking at
1: yeah well i mean you still would have matt v in there and i think that he's probably the most transformational player available in that range because he is a highly intelligent player he's been loaned out to sochi um you know but that's again that's a guy you're waiting at least three years for and and so you're like oh you know do i have that level of patience do we as a franchise feel he'll come at that time will things with russia be settled will he you know what 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 is actually going to happen um, there are a lot of questions about that. But then that next group, you talk about guys like Will Smith at the National Team Development Program, kind mm-hmm. of a chart tra- Trevor Ziegris style, you know, doesn't have the bravado of Trevor Ziegris, but has a little bit of that showmanship in him, high-end vision, really good hockey sense, one of the most dynamic players in the draft outside of that top four guys that we talked about. Um, having a massive season at the under 18 program points in almost every single game he's played this season. And that includes against college teams. And, and that's massive. I personally, he he got sick at world junior camp and they ended up cutting him. I personally would have done whatever I had to do to get him on my team and waited for him to get healthy. But I I just think he would have added a, a dynamic element that they needed beyond their first line. So he's another guy to keep track of. And then after that, it's a wide range of players, and there's not a ton of consensus. I think Will Smith has ascended into that top five. Like this is a guy we got to talk about as okay. a top five pick. But beyond that, it you know we're talking about okay, well is it Braden Jaeger? Is it Zach Benson? We're talking about under undersized, um, you know, not amazing skaters. You know what what ultimately is their impact at the NHL level? We're not seeing a ton of defensemen. You know, yeah. that's the other thing. David Reinbacher is probably the number one defenseman, um, played for Austria at the World Juniors. You know, Austria really never had the puck, so you only would notice him in games against Germany and Latvia. But when you did, you're like, oh, this guy's the best player on the ice by like a large margin um, against those players. Kind of feel, felt he's having kind of like a more at cider kind of season where it's like, is it for real? Can we trust what he's doing? Because he's actually had the highest scoring season for an under 18 player uh, or a draft eligible player in the Swiss National League, which is where he plays regularly. Um, So has outproduced guys like Roman Yossi um, and, you know, guys that were at that age. So Mm. really impressive from him. But, you know, we've talked a lot about this draft class, and how great it is, but it's really focused on that top of the draft. Once you get beyond that top five, top seven, top eight, it starts to even out and look like a more like your typical first round, where it's not overly special. There are certainly guys, like you look at Andrew Crystal in in, in Kelowna, you know, he's he's been a, a top scorer. He's the second leading scorer in the WHL behind Bedard as a draft eligible. But again, undersized, not an amazing skater, you know, it's like there, there are fe- far fewer guys that you feel real comfortable with if you get outside of that range. So that is why I am certainly team tank if you can or if you, <laughs> you know if you're in the range um, and I think it sucks for your franchise and it sucks for your fans to lose so many games but it sure doesn't suck on draft lottery night. I'll tell you that much.
2: Yeah. All right. We're going to ask you one last question before we let you go here. We're going to drop down a level because we also have a a college hockey program here at Arizona state. When you look at the top recruits that colleges are eyeing, who are some of the guys on that list? Some of the guys that ASU might finally be in the conversation with because they finally have something other than a, a dump community, ice rink to play in.
1: Yeah, it well this certainly the building is going to help a lot. Um you know, we've talked about before, you know, on on my own podcast, I talked about the importance of of getting into a conference being like kind of that next step for Arizona State to to do it. And you know, it's going to be interesting. In terms of the next wave, most of the guys are spoken for. Um and and are not committed to Arizona State at this point. Um so, you know, we're talking about the top uncommitted player right now is James Hagens. There's a large belief that he will – commit where his brother is committed to, which is Harvard. Um, But he is, you know, potentially a top, he's a top pick candidate for number one, you know, in 2025, he's currently at the national team development program and he's, he'll be an over or a late birth date. So that's why he's in 2025, but he's probably the top uncommitted player. Most of the other guys, at the national team development program, Cole Iserman, um, you know, Macklin Celebrini, who's at the Chicago steel top Canadian, that's going the college route. Those are, uh, uh, Iserman committed to Minnesota, uh, Macklin Celebrini committed to Boston University, That those programs are still getting the elite of the elite players. And you don't have to get the elite of the elite, but you have to get better than the next. You have to get some of the guys in that next tier. And that's going to be the next bridge that Arizona state has to cross. And I can't tell you definitively like who the next guys are that will be there because again, most of them are already committed in the next class. And then I'm not looking at the 14 year olds and the 15 year olds as much, um, you know, to, to, to have a real good feel for it. But that's, you know, getting those players consistently, but still getting, you know, the next guys that are going to be there for four years. You know, I think that the transfer portal is going to continue to be the place where Arizona State has the most success in terms of attracting top end talent. Guys like Robert Mastro-Simone, you know, other players like that 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 can come in, that have experience, that, you know, have been in a part of another program, have been part of those different cultures. and You bring them in and you try to make it part of it's not a good it's not good for long term success uh, or sustained success. But it is kind of that stopgap until you do start bringing in those top level blue chip recruits. You know, like Josh Doan was a big pull. That was a big pull. And he's been a good player for them. You need to have three, four, five, six of those guys before you're really a competitive team.
0: Well, Chris, we can't thank you enough for your time. Your knowledge is is mind blowing and we'll definitely be (laughs) calling upon you again as we get closer to the draft. And hopefully we'll get a better sense of where the coyotes will be picking. And after this conversation, I'm hoping it's number one,
1: two, or three. Oh my goodness. Let's go. Yeah. Pick. Top four pick, and you're all right. You feel right. okay. That, that's good yeah. to know.
0: That's good to know. Well, we four appreciate you. Uh, we appreciate you joining us so much, and
1: thanks again. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me,
2: guys. See you down thanks, the road, Chris.
0: Chris. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much to Chris Peters. Wow. His knowledge yeah. is unreal. Um, lots to talk about with what he had to say here in a second. But you know, we're a few months away from the draft lottery, so we don't really know what's going to happen yet. But something we are very close to is our PHNXT party in 48 hours very soon just a couple days Um, catch us at the heater catch us at the cornhole game we'll be there (laughs) um it's gonna it's gonna be a blast i said last night if you were on our watching our post game show there's gonna be so many of our partners out there mountain Mike's pizza chop shop four peaks ogs giving away just giving you free stuff stuff. just giving you free stuff um not only that we're gonna be playing golf we're gonna be playing games contests prizes giveaways the whole PHNX crew will be there. PHNX Suns will be doing a pre- and post-game show. We'll have the Suns game on massive screen. It's going to be a fabulous event. We hope you join us. It's $36 a person. Today is the last day to get your tickets. So if you're listening or watching on Wednesday, you have to get them today. $36 per person, $120 $20 for a foursome. And bring your kids. If they're 10 and under, they play free at the Free Youth Clinic. So it's going to be a blast. Join us this Friday at Dobson Ranch Golf Course. Uh, 5:30 p.m. This event's presented by Four Peaks. Check the link in the description to get your spot right now. And uh and as far as the DraftKings Sportsbook app, we can't again predict who's gonna be drafted maybe second, third, fourth overall. I think Connor Bedard would be like minus a yeah. thousand at this point to go yeah, for at the very least. Um, but should be interesting to see how things. Shake out here, and I'm right now. I'm not putting my money on Arizona to win the draft lottery, but that's <laughs> they're in how.
2: fourth now. They're in the fourth position. They are moving. They're very moving. Very key loss to the Sharks last yes. night.
0: Yes, um, but. Plenty of other ways to make money on DraftKings. In the meantime, right now, all new and existing customers can get a no sweat bet each day of the wild card round this weekend, which is great because usually our promos are for new customers, but this is for new and existing. Um, just place any NFL bet of your choice, and if it loses, you'll get a free bet back up to ten which is awesome. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use code PHNX. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook with code PHNX. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See those show notes for details and I'm putting everybody on the spot, um, but Shane's probably ready. I need a DraftKings pick of the week.
4: Oh, let's go to Shane. Who has them? Let's, a, well, let's bring in
0: Shane. our betting guru. It's Shane on the on the mic. All right.
4: I saw this line on, hmm. like, I think it was the day after all of the, so let me, I think Monday I saw this line for wildcard weekend. The Chargers are only one-point favorites against Trevor Lawrence and the mm. Jags. And I bet this immediately. Um, I would get it before it moves up. I think Trevor Lawrence It's is minus
3: two right now because I'm going
4: to it. I mean, like <laughs> He has yeah,
2: the drafting. I, I still Apple love it. Open. Give me the, char- the
4: Chargers. Yeah, Chargers minus two now. Chargers, um, hit it. Tra- Trevor Lawrence has been playing great. The team is just too young. It's been far too long for Justin Herbert not to win a playoff game. Okay, I hammered it. Give me Justin Herbert.
0: Wow, live on the hammered show. Hammered the Chargers he's live on the That's bets. how easy it is. That's Shane's uh, drafting source of a quick of the week. Thank he's, you. We, 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 we're heater. really calling in the experts for this one.
3: He's on
4: yeah. a heater.
0: Um, and tune in to PHNX Best daily right after our show. And
4: Pete's not just place. saying that. I mean, start off 2023. Your boy's on fire. <laughs> he's, he's on a it's heater. It's like so I 11 straight pop profit. Literally days. did 11. what he said.
3: Did what he said. Wow. I'm but he you. picked. I, I will say this, and, and I know we've got to go because that was. Whatever, but he picks some of the weirdest shit. Like, he picks teams, like, literally, and I'm not, college basketball teams didn't know had universities, not just didn't know they had basketball, didn't know there were schools in these towns, and he's, yeah, I picked this team over this team, because of, what? Like, never heard of this stuff. Nails it. Heater.
4: You know who Quinnipiac
3: is, come on. Quinnipiac, I know, but but that basketball game we had on. Oh,
4: Wright State? Oh, Wright State. Wagon.
3: Wait, so anyway. yeah. I'm going with the lock. All right. I, I mean, love my, it. My money's on the church. Sorry to interrupt. interrupt. Love it. Go back to doing the show.
0: All right. Well, that's our pick for this week. Um, let's talk about chatting with Chris Peters. I'll give my takeaway, then I'll ask you for yours. Mine is the Coyotes have to pick in the top three.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've been saying that. But like it's a, nice
0: to get some validation from mm-hmm. an expert. And he
2: did say, look, top four, you're fine, because Mitchkoff's there, and Mitchkoff is a, a special player. The problem I have with Mitchkov is the current makeup of the Coyotes we got enough small guys, and, and listen, Connor Bedard is not a big guy. But when you have that kind of talent, okay, it's it's intriguing to to hear the recent talk that he may not be a center in the NHL because, like, okay, then what are the guys doing in in the middle? Logan is he Cooley, on, yeah, well, Logan Cooley in the middle. Logan l- Cooley, l- Gunther, and Bedard. Yeah, okay, I'm okay with that top line. <laughs> Never mind. Anyway, <laughs> but We're it's interesting, right? Because <laughs> let's go. He's been pegged as a center. For yeah. His entire career, and suddenly the and you don't know how real that is, right? You, you got you can't you don't know until you see it. It could have been two scouts
3: sitting at a bar going,
2: "Gosh, he'd be better on the wing." Yeah. Like literally, like but just not if Chris Peters
3: is saying it. No, but he's just saying they're talking about it. Yeah, like, there's there's but some talk. It, it's some, yeah. again, some talk means it's a size related issue for sure. Yeah, and then you got to look at some of these top teams who have top high end centers, and then where does he fit? You've got you've got to play Connor in your top six, but does he? He's not playing ahead of McDavid. If it goes, well, you are know not getting saying? the
2: pick. Yeah. So, I mean, it's the teams at the bottom that need this kind of position, right? But, he's playing in the middle of the ice if he's a Coyote. But, I mean, right. listen, there, there are guys who are who impact the game yes. from the wing without question. For sure. And, I mean, look at what Patrick Kane did, right? It, does it matter that he's not a center? No. He still controls play. He still carries the puck through the neutral zone. I don't care if he he's playing defense, Craig. Like, get him on the goddamn team. He can play yeah.
3: net <laughs> half the game. Like, get him here. I, I think it's so critical for this franchise to get Connor Bedard now more than ever after seeing what he's doing in the WHL and what he's doing at the World Juniors, they
2: need this player. They have never had that player. Never had it. They need that player. They had Keith Kachuk, who was an entirely different type of player, a power forward. They have never had this kind of skill player in their entire Valley history.
0: You want to sell out the brand new arena? You want to have someone's face plastered on their
2: side? This is your guy. Can I throw one other thought? Instead of Logan Cooley centering the first line, I may just put Austin Matthews there. With with Connor Bedard and Dylan Hunter, Logan Cooley can center the second line. Sure, we we, you know with Nick Schmaltz and Clayton Keller, I'm fine with that.
3: Let's go! Wow, I'm 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 full tinfoil hat on Austin Matthews. By the way, let's go. (laughs) And you know what?
0: I'm like. We've been so negative about the draft lottery. I'm ready to be full tin foil hat, and I might get my hopes and green dreams crushed here um, on Gary pushing the lottery and the guy in the Coyotes' favor. It's time. So Gary. we're gonna have to
3: get we're gonna have to be prepared that if the ball doesn't come up and we're two or three, that we're gonna be okay. And I know today I'm not feeling that, but we got to be okay with two and yeah.
2: three. Well, look, like, like okay. Adam Fantilli or okay. Leo Carlson. Leo okay. Carlson, the the skating concerns.
3: But what they're if they're there? The only but, thing, Craig. What if Bedard goes to Chicago and we're all like, uh, damn it, the Blackhawks again? Uh,
4: yeah. Um, I, that that is the one thing that will make me vomit. Yes, I, during the show last night, during the post game show last night, when you talked about Tankathon, I was like, I'm going to go on Tankathon. It actually crashed my internet for a second because I did it so many times. <laughs> Coyotes got the first pick three times in a row.
0: I'm telling you.
2: You Greg. need to go to the draft then because – and keep me the hell away from it because Greg, I've run I'm, like 35 Sims and they've never picked first. But
0: I've gotten first like she three times it. too. Not in a row. It's every See? other time. But the, the problem is I keep getting fifth the other time. So just need to get a little bit lower yeah. and then I'll feel better about like the one, two, three situation. Like how they finished last year. They weren't picking past three, but of course they got three.
2: I, um, I want to reiterate also just to say this about Chris. What I said in my tweet right before the show. A lot of people tout themselves as draft experts. They watch video or whatever. You're not an expert if you're just watching video. Hey. He's there at the games. You're so at the games, the too. Guy. You were at the games. Come on. You were <laughs> on the team. He's at the games. He's around the teams. Yes, he's, he's around the scouts. He's around the executives. He's doing research. Yes. Chris Peters is is what I legit. call an expert. Yeah. Yep. He's legit. And we saw today the the depth of knowledge it's that he has on all these players. Just it, it just astounds me that he can, yeah. that that's just coming off the top of your head. And that's,
3: that gives you, honestly, gives me some comfort in that, okay, there's, he says these guys are okay. Leo Carlson, great things to say about Leo Carlson. And, and it's funny because Leo, Leo Carlson, the one thing he said might be a drawback is his skating. And you've heard that about players that are 16, 17 before, mm-hmm. that by the time they're 19 and 20, they've... I mean, they're not going to be kind of McDavid skaters by nature, no. but, it, but it is a skill that they can work on and improve on yeah. by that Unlike
0: time. Unlike hockey sense, which hockey is something you can't
2: ingrained. really teach. But then you also think, and I'm not saying he's, the comparison is there, but you also think Dylan Strom. Dylan Strom. That was always yeah. a concern with his game, and boy, did it show up when yep. he hit the NHL.
3: Yep. No, yeah, and that's fair. You just you just know that if it's not one that Fantilli and Carlson are there, and even Mitch Kopp, to some extent, because you can say, oh, you got to wait for three years. Minnesota waited. And they've got Kirill the Thrill, Kaprizov. And you look at that, it was a player they had to wait for. They had to get out of Russia. And he is their all-star and their best player on their team. So I know Michkov isn't the ideal player and the ideal fit right now. We talk about size issues there too. But he's still one of those elite players. So there are, and there is, hope beyond Connor Bedard.
2: Having said that... (laughs) Let's get Connor Bedard. Yeah, if Please. you get him, it just changes your franchise. Yeah. It changes yep. your franchise. There we go. Yep. Um, Show's over. <laughs> this franchise needs changes.
0: I have two more t- takeaways from talking with Chris. One is just getting the name Will Smith on our radar. I Thank think. you.
3: That, well, first of all, <laughs> was it Will Smith? Like. I know. I, like, isn't he a catcher for the, the Dodgers? Isn't yeah. yeah, he
2: like an, <laughs> an actor? An actor who catcher. punched somebody on stage is what I think. Slapped.
3: Slapped. Slap, okay. Yeah. Let's okay.
2: not spin it. Yeah. Come on. Okay. Um, so that's, yeah. But
0: just getting another name in the mix um, and, and kind of, you know, Chris establishing him. Like he's yes. definitely a top five, fifth He'll pick. He'll be on my radar if now. Where the Coyotes have been as of late, it's, it's that one through five range. So now I think with confidence at this point in January, obviously things change as the junior seasons go on, but we can confidently say we're aware of the top five names to, to watch. Um, the other thing that he said that I just thought was another, a nice little refreshing moment was, and I forgot about this, but I remember now that Chris Peters had Logan Cooley as his number one Mm -hmm. and maybe they're still, it's still up in the air, whether or not that's true. Maybe we won't know that for many, many years, but just like a nice little reminder that maybe the Coyotes did get the best player in the draft last year. And you know, this year, obviously consensus number one, Connor Bedard, no question, but Last year was a little bit more of a mixed bag we really didn't know. So for the Coyotes maybe to have the best player of the 2022 draft. That's kind of a nice little feeling if if it if it comes to fruition.
2: Yeah, no doubt about it. You need you need elite players. You need elite yep. players. Yep.
0: Yep. So listen, Connor Bedard, I'm speaking to you directly. <laughs> When you get your place here in Arizona, I will take you furniture shopping myself because I got I got the place. It's more furniture. Um, and I will – and, you know, maybe an 18-year-old guy doesn't have – I don't want to make a generalization. I'll just help him with, you know, picking out some nice furniture that matches. and Just trust me. I got you, Connor. I'll send you the link, morefurniture.com. I'm going to send it to you now so you can plan ahead. Um, it's the best place to get your furniture in the Valley. Check out more. Um, they hooked us – up in our office, obviously, these chairs are from more Unbelievable. So save big on the best furniture in the Valley when you head to morefurniture.com. And I wish we could have done the Pick'em game for the World Juniors on Underdog Fantasy. I, I would have just taken the higher on everything, right.
3: Bedard. Right. Anytime Anything. Canada played because like higher, on the ice. higher, higher,
0: higher. So um, I, we love Underdog Fantasy here. It's so much fun. It's such a fun way to watch sports. It just is. Um, playing the Pick'em game, higher lower on player point totals, that's it. The more you add, the more money you can win. It's that simple. Plus, you can do daily fantasy, which is a lot of fun as well um, against your friends, against strangers, and small groups, and big groups. it, it just It's super, super fun. You can put down like $3. It, it's really not a big deal. Um, but if you sign up right now with the code PHNEXTUnderdog, it will match your first deposit up to $100. So you might as well do that. So then you basically have a hundred dollars of extra money that you can play with it's it's just a blast so go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app sign up with the code phnx and underdog will match your first deposit up to 100 all right you guys uh coyotes back back at it again tomorrow night against
2: yeah the ottawa what, senators and when we're looking at the draft lottery um they, they've dropped a bit now as i as i mentioned they're in the fourth position after losing to the sharks and Third is not far away. Third is not far away. I just there. got first. What's that? Did I just you? got first on Tankathon. I'm gonna, I'm gonna proof. do it right now. So I see in this stretch of games that they're playing, 15 Twice. games again, 15 games in 26 days. I got. They're there. in the early portion of this. We know they have to go to Winnipeg and Minnesota for a back-to-back in the middle of this. This, Petey, you said it all along. There's there's going to come a stretch where they're going to drop a bunch of games in a row. feels like we're in it right now. Uh, it's tough on the players, obviously. But in terms of what we were just talking about with Chris Peters, this could really, really get them within range. Again, you don't have to be in the worst spot to get the number one overall pick. It's almost 50-50 with how it's happened in the yeah. past. So it's not a guarantee to the
4: Blackhawks. I got but it. You, you got it, too. You on guys, the sixth try. You after, guys need to go. After
0: they got fifth, sixth, fifth, oh, okay. sixth, fifth, sixth, fourth, first.
4: I got it twice on the first two tries, and then I got, like, fifth, fourth, fifth. And then on the last one I did, Florida got it for, from a 3.5% chance wow. from the, I believe, Montreal. Or so anything can
2: happen. Anything can happen <laughs> in the, in
3: the, the draft The with this line. team, and we've talked about this for the first 40 games, is... They've been competitive in some of these games early because of Karel Vomelka, held them in it, made unbelievable saves, above 35 to 40 saves per game. If he's not this elite, this is a team we're talking about near the bottom with Chicago, period. No question. Now, we can yep. talk about their fight, and they don't give up, and they work really hard. Let's face it, goaltending is giving them five wins, at least to where they are now. And right now, Karel Vomelka is not playing like he did earlier in the season. So while he is playing like this, giving up six five four goals per game they are going to lose more hockey games and it's that time of year we've said that losing breeds losing you're tired they get behind the eight ball and you go oh shit here we go again and i think this is a stretch right now they have a lot of games and a lot of days by the end of january when the dust clears this team may be closer to the bottom we yeah. were, we're, were have saying a they're really good read playoffs then. three weeks ago yep well february 1st we're gonna say maybe not yeah,
0: yeah. the all-star break like american thanksgiving is kind of another good checkpoint uh, yeah Kenny said no, no walking and talking yeah. fair we'll, fair at
2: the 50 game mark at that point, yep. And we will have a really good read on their chances for the draft ladder. The other thing I wanted to say is if it ends up being Will Smith from, you know, the NTDP, any men in black? we can sit down <laughs> together and have a conversation about what it's like not to be the most famous person with your name.
0: <laughs> Craig can relate. Craig has more not the
2: country singer. Craig not has even more than the two. top four either. Probably not. No, because wow. there's an attorney. Now, who's made, made headlines? I think recently. I might be the
0: only Leah Merrill.
2: You, you could be the. I'm most guessing famous you're Leah not Merrill.
0: the only Steve Peters.
3: Yeah, really? Yeah, no. There's a
2: pitcher for the Cardinals named Steve Peters, by the
3: way. There's a baseball. Yeah, Derek's Shane over there.
0: Diefenbach. I don't yeah, chances yeah,
3: are good not for you. You might be the most famous, but, and that's even up for debate.
0: <laughs> um, I want to give a shout out to Michael Carconi in Tucson, who was just named to the AHL. All-star team, which is February 5th and 6th in Laval, Quebec. So good luck getting to Quebec, Michael. But um, (laughs) You know what else is
2: cool about Michael going back? I, I know he didn't want to go back to the AHL. Obviously, he wants to be in the AHL. He's on track to set the single season points record for for the Tucson Roadrunners and now he's got a chance to do it. It would be a really cool feather in his it, cap It if he really would. Did that. And,
0: and right now he leads the AHL in scoring with 18 goals, 27 assists, 45 points in 28 games. Um that's unreal. He also Crazy. leads the AHL with 11 power play goals and 25 power play points. So to I mean the American Hockey League, that's the feeder league to the NHL for him to be leading all categories is an unbelievable achievement yeah. and you know, I, I hope he continues to grow down there, you know, maybe set all these records and and gain that confidence and maybe come up here like much like a Connor Garland, Michael Bunting, Matthias Michelli vibe. You know, we, we saw what he could do here. He was here for a few games, but um, I'm with you. Let's, let's set these records and then maybe he can crack the lineup next season. You never know. So exciting stuff. Um, Coyotes games, lots of them at home here <laughs> in the coming, especially Tuesdays and Thursdays. Check those out. Um, And if you want to grab tickets to those, check out game time. It's the best place to buy, especially when you wait last minute, including like waiting. If you're a real big procrastinator, like the hour before, (laughs) if you can stomach it, like the the prices just plummet um, and check out game time. You can save up to 60%. But when you buy last minute, you can also buy your parking pass on game time, all sorts of stuff, not just for sporting events, but concerts and shows as well. So check out the link below in our description. uh, It's the best way to support us. You guys have a story coming on gophnext.com, Both Allegedly. of Allegedly.
2: Allegedly.
0: Um for diehards only. Are you, you Are right, can you say what it's about? Yeah,
2: we're going to dive into what Jacob Chikrin has been doing so well since he came back. PD and I sat down with him yesterday at the morning skate and had a good chat about a lot of things. We 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 spoke to Andre Tournier as well and PD will create his amazing graphics yeah, and uh, in the in the midst of creating them actually. Um, so we'll have that up Sometime in the morning, you can look for that.
0: Yeah, check that out. You have to be a diehard to have access to that one. Um, all of the, there are there's weekly diehard only stories. Most of the stuff is free, but tons of perks to becoming a diehard. Free shirt or hat every year. Sign up 20% off on merchandise and events. Special merchandise just for diehards as well as access to our diehard discord where we have a lot of fun talking hockey all day, every day. So join us there. Uh, become a diehard. <clears throat> check out gophnx.com slash diehard to join the family. All right guys, anything else before we uh,
2: head Just out? Just one quick thought on what he said about ASU. That was interesting to me, you know, you we we've heard a lot of talk about the arena having an impact on recruiting and it probably will down the road, but it's interesting to hear that, you know, Chris Peters at least thinks the the, the top guys are off the board already. ASU is not landing, one of, you know, some of the top guys, the elite guys that they need to take that next step. So, it's going to be interesting in the coming seasons to see what ASU can get done on the recruiting trail. College hockey is going to add another paid assistant next season. I'm curious what ASU might do with it, whether it's you know adding more of an X's and O's guys on the bench, if it's adding a goalie coach, or if it's adding somebody who can get out on the recruiting trail and land that level of recruit yep. because you don't win without those guys. We saw the Minnesota line when they came here. That's the kind of <laughs> talent you need to yeah. win the national championship. Yep.
0: Yeah, when he said like you need six or seven Josh Stones, yeah, like, that was kind yeah. of a, Uh-oh. a sobering moment. Yeah. But but we saw what the, the ASU lineup did last season. They they you know played well. Maybe haven't quite lived up to expectations, but this season. But if they can do it next year, if they can make a tournament run, maybe it's so
2: it, important. May, yeah. it,
0: it becomes Visibility. more of an attractive destination. And I mean, if you can just get them here, how can you say no to this arena, this campus? It's
3: coming. It's coming with the new building. It's coming. It's yeah. coming. It, it is. They're, they're, it, it takes time. Yeah, It takes it time to build. To and there's build established programs that are fighting to get into this tournament, too, that have been around in Division One hockey a heck of a lot longer than ASU yes. has.
2: Yep. yep, It's gotten a hell of a lot more competitive, yep. no doubt.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, we appreciate Chris Peters once again for joining us. Hopefully we'll chat with him. Um, oh, we will. After the draft lottery, too. Um, <laughs> yeah, and we'll hopefully revisit all of our draft our lineup, like our lineup uh, <laughs> Craig Button, Chris Peters, Corey Promin, maybe and the
2: great Bob the, McKenzie. The Bob
0: father, once again. Uh, that would be amazing. Um, but in the meantime, subscribe to PHNX Sports' YouTube channel. Hit the notification bell so you never miss when we go live. You can also follow PHNX Sports across all social platforms. Subscribe to our audio channel wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a review while you're at it. It really means a lot to us. And then you can follow us on Twitter, I'm Allie Merrill. He's at Craig S. Morgan, not Craig Morgan, the country singer, um, at S. Peters Hockey, not to be confused with probably another S. Peters. He's at Shane Deef, not to be confused with anybody else. And our show is at PHX underscore coyotes. We'll be back again live tomorrow after the Ottawa Senators Coyotes games on the phnex sports YouTube channel. But until then, enjoy the rest of your day, everyone.